I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Now, redeemable communists who've recognized the error of their ways are welcome out on the range. But if you're a commie, an Obamni, a Romney, a Maskey, a Vaxi, or a Lebroni, don't come. Do not come. It's high noon for Tuesday, January 8th, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator or join the discussion thread at t.me slash I'm reasonable. You can also occasionally find me on Gab at I'm your moderator and the merch site is www.cancelcotour.com. And I'm loving all the pictures people are sending me on the Telegram chat in their Cancel Couture gear. That makes me very happy. Uh, I love it. Today is the 139th day of Barack Obama's third term, as served by the half-dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist, dummy, fake proxy president, Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in American history and the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth. That's Hunter Biden. So congratulations, commies. You tried to solve racism by voting for a man who was mentored by a Klansman and shockingly it backfired. Because just look at how much racism is on television. Reality is here that uh, we have a large percentage of the American population. I don't know how big it is, but we have tens of millions of Trump voters who uh, continue to believe that their rights as citizens are under threat by simple virtue of having to share the democracy with others. Um, I think as long as they see Americanness as the same as one with whiteness, this is going to continue. We have to figure out how to get every American a place at the table in this democracy, but how to separate Americanness, America, from whiteness. Until we can confront that and talk about that, this is really going to continue. I was on Long Island this weekend uh, visiting a really dear friend, and I was really disturbed. I saw you know, dozens and dozens of pickup trucks with uh, you know, uh, explicatives against Joe Biden uh, on the back of them, yep. uh, Trump yep. flags, and some cases just dozens of American flags, which, you know, uh, is also just disturbing because essentially the message was clear. It was, this is my country. This is not your yep. country. I own this. And so until we're ready to have that conversation, this is going to continue. What really is concerning to me as well is it's, it's not just Democrats in Congress. I think there's a large percentage of Americans, even some of my colleagues uh, in journalism, who are invested in some way in pretending that this isn't the threat that it is. 
That is the real concern. Because, you know, the Trump voters who are not going to get on board with democracy, they're a minority. You can marginalize them long term. But if we don't take the threat seriously, then I think we're all in really bad shape. Totally agree. Mara Gay and Tom Nichols. Oh, wow. Mika totally agrees. By the way, those are all liberals. That racial hatred you just heard for two minutes and, by the way, national hatred you just heard for two minutes. That's liberal Mara Gay speaking to liberals Joe Scarborough, Willie Geist, and Mika Brzezinski, and then pretend expert and lover of all things expert Tom Nichols was also sitting there. Tom Nichols was one of the very responsible never-Trump conservatives who is very popular in intellectual circles online. Uh, He's like the Sam Harris type where they think because someone has credentials saying that they're smart, they actually are really smart. And as long as they all agree about something, that thing is 100% true. You don't have to be able to explain it. You don't have to know anything about it. You just have to know that the smart people are saying it. So that's fine. And watching the video, Tom Nichols, his face is on screen for part of it. He doesn't seem particularly concerned about what Mara Gay is saying. And that means that he has adopted those ideas as true and those language patterns as valid, but they're not. So there's a few things in here that definitely need to be talked about, right? And the first is this concept of whiteness that the left has spent years now redefining. And so when you call them on it, they'll say, oh yeah, well, whiteness actually isn't about having white skin. It's about exhibiting values that would indicate whiteness. (laughs) And that I know sounds completely convoluted, but that really is the argument. And they have definitions of these things. I don't know if you remember last summer, In mid-July, the Smithsonian National Museum of African American History and Culture had a whiteness graphic that described the elements of whiteness and white culture. And it's really pretty disturbing. But what else are we to expect? These things, according to this graphic, are what constitute whiteness. And this is actually the standard view in academia and the sorts of communist circles who discuss these sorts of things all the time. White dominant culture or whiteness refers to the ways white people and their traditions, attitudes and ways of life have been normalized over time and are now considered standard practices in the United States. And since white people still hold most of the institutional power in America, we have all internalized some aspects of white culture, including people of color. See that? And now it's not racist. You see, whiteness only describes the very, very bad thing. Not the skin color. We just communicate it. 
according to the skin color, because these behaviors are derived from people of that skin color, and we know that they're all bad. So what we're really attacking is the behaviors. We only describe it as the skin color so that everyone knows, oh, yeah, it's generally just stuff that white people do. How about rugged individualism? Self-reliance. The idea that you get what you deserve. Personal autonomy, you understand? The family structure is part of whiteness. The nuclear family. A father and mother and children. Where the husband might be the breadwinner and the head of the household. And the wife is the homemaker and subordinate to the husband. Children should have their own rooms and be independent. You know, like white people think. The emphasis on the scientific method is whiteness. Objective, rational, linear thinking. Yeah, that's not a quality of reasonable, intelligent humans. Oh, no, wait, it is. And humans from every ethnicity can inhabit that quality. Cause and effect relationships are whiteness. Quantitative emphasis is whiteness. Well, if quantitative emphasis is whiteness, then why do you all keep telling us that by your very distorted and strange calculations, women make less money than men for doing the same work? Isn't that the whole argument? Isn't that a quantitative analysis as false as it is and as quantitatively invalid as it is? Are you exhibiting whiteness when you argue for your causes? Oh, is that just so you can convince the white man, confuse him with some numbers, some statistics, really throw them off into their own world of whiteness. And while they're trying to figure out if your numbers are right, you just run right through and solve racism. It's about taking the emphasis off the quantitative. You use the quantitative as a ruse. Good policy, commies. History is whiteness based on Northern European immigrants experience of the United States. That's our whole history now. It's weird because we have Black History Month and black Americans have contributed so greatly to literally every facet of American society. But sure, let's go with the history as the communists describe it. Heavy focus on the British Empire. Yes, I think about them all the time. The primacy of Western Greek and Roman and Judeo-Christian tradition. Yeah, I think what people are holding up there are enlightenment values. And I sound sarcastic when I say that, but these same communists have actually argued against enlightenment values, and they do it all the time. Their entire philosophy is a oppressive alternative to enlightenment values. The Protestant work ethic is whiteness. Hard work is the key to success. That is a philosophy rooted in whiteness, we are told by these communists. Work before play. When really everybody knows it should just be play before work or play all the time. Or you know what? 
How about a future where we just stay home in our little 12 by 12 government box and we just play all the time? They send us our monthly check. We play video games and watch television and have relationships with virtual companions. And then we don't need to do anything. We actually don't even need to participate in society, especially if we can just have food delivered. And they definitely aren't trying to go that direction. There's just no indication in reality that that's what they ultimately want. Here's another thing about whiteness. If you didn't meet your goals, you didn't work hard enough. That philosophy is also rooted in whiteness rather than just, you know, a work ethic. The alternative to that, by the way, is if you didn't meet your goals, somebody else prevented you from achieving them, which on its face is an endorsement of self-victimization. But this list goes on. Religion. Rooted in whiteness. The Judeo-Christian tradition is about whiteness. No tolerance for deviation from single God concept. Really? I don't ever, ever hear anyone in the America First MAGA movement ever, ever, ever insult Hinduism. I just don't hear it. They might say it's wrong, which is fine. Everyone who is committed to one religion thinks other religions are wrong. That's totally normal. Status, power, and authority are whiteness. Wealth equals work. Your job is who you are. You should respect authority. These are all rooted in whiteness. Heavy value on ownership of goods, space, and property. Yeah, just whiteness. <laughs> no other race in the world cares about having land or goods or property. Planning for the future is whiteness. Delayed gratification is whiteness. Progress is always best. That's whiteness. Tomorrow will be better is whiteness. The alternative, of course, is tomorrow will be worse. And everything will, uh, for all time will be worse until we reach the communist goal. That is the only thing that could make anything better. And when we reach that communist goal, we'll still find ways that tomorrow will be worse. Of course, then they'll actually be right because every day under communism is worse. And if you don't believe me, try living in California. Time is rooted in whiteness. Following rigid time schedules, that's whiteness. Time viewed as a commodity, that's whiteness. Aesthetics, women's beauty based on blonde, thin Barbie dolls. Even writing that in this document is insanely racist, right? Everybody thinks, all white people think, that blonde-haired, blue-eyed women are the standard of beauty? That isn't true. It just isn't true. And to assume that is true is insanely racist. But would you like to hear what the wokes think about what you eat? 
We're supposed to eat steak and potatoes if we're white, apparently, because we all live in 17th century Ireland. Bland is best is what it says. Got it? So white people food is bland and everybody knows that it's food from the other cultures that has all the flavor. White people food is bland and that's not racist. This is just academia. And you know what? I bet they have some of the science to back it up. Men's attractiveness based on economic status, power, intellect. That's all whiteness. And you can know that just by watching a rap video where they don't care about economic status and power at all. Holidays are based on whiteness. American holidays are based on whiteness because the holidays revolve around American traditions. And we know that the only American tradition is whiteness. Makes sense, right? Justice is based on whiteness because it's based on English common law. Protecting property and entitlements is whiteness. Intent of the criminal counts. That idea is whiteness. Competition is whiteness. Being number one is whiteness. Winning at all costs. The winner-loser dichotomy itself is whiteness. Master and control nature, that's a, a value of whiteness. We must always do something about a situation. That's a value of whiteness. But wait. We're also told that silence is complicity. So doing something is racist, but also not saying anything is racist. But only if you're doing it, if you do the opposite thing, then it's not whiteness, even if you are white. So then you get to be one of the good ones and saying that is not racist. Decision-making, decision-making is rooted in whiteness. Majority rules is rooted in whiteness. Parentheses, when the whites have power. That's real, okay? That is what she's talking about when she's talking about whiteness. So what they do is they take that list of, I don't know what it was, 40, 50, 60, little characteristics of American culture that are rooted in whiteness. And then they separate those from whiteness. They say, it's not about your white skin. It's about the fact that you enforce these values throughout culture. So for instance, if someone doesn't show up on time to work and you fire them, it's because of whiteness. And so it's racist to fire people who don't show up on time, no matter what color they are, of course, because we can't include the skin color. It's that this is a characteristic of whiteness. So if you're perpetrating that characteristic, that means whoever is the victim of you perpetrating that characteristic, that person is not exhibiting whiteness, no matter what color they are. Got it? So you take all the characteristics outside because you're not racist. God, please don't believe I'm racist. Like, look at my black square. Look at my George Floyd shirt. Look at the receipt I have that I gave 
$15 to the Minnesota Freedom Fund to bail out predators who got arrested after rioting and burning down buildings and beating people. I am not racist. And that's why I voted for Joe Biden, because Joe Biden was only mentored by a Klansman. He wasn't a Klansman himself. And Trump said that thing about very fine people, even though that's not what he said. Right. So me, the Democrat, I'm the one out there being anti-racist. I'm talking about how bad whiteness is. That's how you solve racism. You know, fight fire with fire, fight racism with way more racism. Oh, wait. If you do that, then you're the racist side. So wait a second. If I'm fighting racism with more racism, then whoever was doing the racism has less racism. Man, that's weird. But then if you were to group all the racists on one side, oh, wait, not all those people are white because the woman who is just on TV is black and she's being crazy, crazy racist. And this Smithsonian Museum graphic that they eventually took down out of shame and embarrassment, obviously. That definitely doesn't seem like it was written by white people, although you know what? It could have been. So you know you're not racist based on the fact that you're Democrat. So you can say things like whiteness and everyone you're talking to knows that you're not being racist, that you're actually just talking about all of these characteristics that for sure are bad. Well, you know, they're not. Okay, they're not all bad. I mean, yeah, all right. Yeah, most of them are probably good characteristics. But you see, the problem is they all come from white people. Oh, wait. They can't actually get out of this thing. Okay, there is no out by saying whiteness. Okay, she's deriving the characteristics from the culture that she believes is generated by one race. She's saying all those characteristics are terrible. And then the word whiteness reapplies those characteristics to the race. So that anyone who stands up for any of those values in there, including things as simple as the nuclear family, are thereby exhibiting whiteness and thereby white and thereby bad. Which is totally different than racism. But she goes on. To say that she was intimidated in some way or scared by the presence of explicatives, which is not the word she was looking for. I mean, yes, she's a writer at the New York Times, but she doesn't know how to say expletive. That's fine. So she's mad when expletives are directed at Joe Biden. And she knows that. She is always going to live in a racist country by virtue of the fact that there are people in the country who have political opinions different than hers and aren't ashamed to display them. That's how she knows that we are 
not a free country. <laughs> we are all victims to this white society. And that's proven by the fact that people are allowed to have multiple political opinions. People don't all subscribe to the same singular political belief. Therefore, we are not in a free country. In a free country, everyone would, <laughs> would believe the same thing. And we could actually enforce it so that those guys couldn't put their Trump flags on their trucks. That's what being free is like. Can't you understand? Or is it all that whiteness you're exhibiting? All that logic and reason that only white people can do. Is that the problem? Because anyone like us, anyone educated, knows that logic and reason are white. This is where we are. And she's not just mad at Trump flags. She's mad at American flags. Dozens of them. It's not an Antifa flag retard. It doesn't present a real threat. American flags are flown by Americans of all colors and shapes and sizes. In fact, the American flag is 100% meant as a symbol of unity around American values. And whiteness is not an American value. Whiteness is something you morons made up is there blackness is there hispanicness for me to even begin to describe what those two terms might mean would be racist and that's part of why i don't think under those terms but they would call me doing that racist even though they see absolutely nothing wrong with describing the characteristics of whiteness. And then they will always retreat to their fallback position, which is to say racism requires relationships of power. And white people are the ones with the power. So therefore, if you're not white, you can't be racist. But of course, that confuses what power is. The ability to say terribly racist things on television and to be defended and supported by a huge portion of the population. That's power. To say obviously false things all the time on television and not have anyone stop you is power. To steal an election and have the major corporations, universities, entertainment figures, tech companies, political parties, to have them all defend that, that's power. White skin is not power. No skin color equals power. That's not how power is derived. And it's certainly not how power is held. And so 
Tamara Gay, all of this is a huge threat, which would normally be the most ridiculous and outlandish thing you could possibly hear, right? People driving around with political expressions on their car and with American flags during American holidays is not threatening. And the idea that people with American flags are a threat to people like Mara Gay is just a symbol of how much Mara Gay actually hates America. And we need to stop being shy about using that language, okay? When it's accurate, I mean, all right? We don't need to go around saying everybody hates America, but that right there is hatred for America because what she's saying is that that flag represents white supremacy. I'm not misinterpreting her, okay? That's what she's saying. She is scared by the presence of American flags because she thinks that that means those people are different from me. Those people wouldn't like me. I wouldn't like those people. It's an American flag, lady. If you're concerned about the direction the country is going, you should be talking about what that flag means to you and how you think that other people might have it wrong and that America is not living up to its best ideals. You don't have to throw the flag away because other people who like the flag have different ideas. One of the things that flag represents is the freedom to have dissenting ideas and speak them and show them and even sometimes use explicatives <laughs> if you want. The flag is what we should be uniting behind, right? The idea that we are all Americans. But that's not what's happening. And the solution to all this for her is to consider these people a small minority that can be marginalized. That was her word, marginalized. That's what she thinks should happen to Americans who don't agree with her. But then what would it mean when she starts talking about marginalized communities? That would then be MAGA people Oh, wait, they've already been marginalizing those communities for six years, but really longer, pretty much Obama's entire presidency. So that's the marginalized community. And I'm saying I'm helping marginalized communities. But oh, whoops. You're a liar, commie. Now let's go to another racist. And I want to emphasize that the goal of our work is to help Guatemalans find hope at home. At the same time, I want to be clear to folks in this region who are thinking about making that dangerous trek to the United States-Mexico border. Do not come. Do not come. The United States will continue to enforce our laws and secure our border. 
there are legal methods by which migration can and should occur. But we, as one of our priorities, will discourage illegal migration. And I believe if you come to our border, you will be turned back. So let's discourage our friends, our neighbors, our family members from embarking on what is otherwise an extremely dangerous journey, where in large part the only people who benefit are coyotes. Man, I wonder if the blue check communists on Twitter are going to be confused by the use of the word coyotes. Is that still not a thing, communists on Twitter? Is it only strange when Trump says it? Oh, you just don't know what it means. Got it. Isn't that crazy? They go crazy when Trump says it. They think he's the dumbest man in the world for saying it. But they don't know what it means. And then Kamala says it. Oh, yeah, it totally means that thing. Yep, you're the smart ones, commies, for sure. Now, I was told over the last six years that if you're not letting everyone come up to the border and then get into the country and then we find them homes and then we give them free health care and money and then we give them free schooling and then we let them vote, you're racist. That's what I believed. <laughs> right? That is what commies think. Anything that doesn't go all out to give illegal immigrants anything they could possibly want is racist. That is what we are told. She just went down to Guatemala to tell Guatemalans not to come to America. But that is not racist. Why? Because she's a Democrat. So no big deal. Now, has she gone to the border yet? Of course not. But she went down to the Northern Triangle countries so that she could give speeches to countries that are fully under globalist control. Wouldn't want to go to a different one, would you, Kami? But she's also representing a fake president who said in a debate that what they want is a surge to the border. They've also said that all of these people are coming up due to climate change. So either that's a lie or Kamala Harris is simply being cruel because what would it mean, commies, that your favorite little commie is now saying that people whose homes and lands are being devastated by climate change cannot leave and come to America now. Isn't that cruel, commies? I'm just trying to understand your point of view, commie. I'm not saying that that's how it is from my perspective. I have a full-sized adult brain and know better than that. But from your little child brain perspective, isn't that a problem? Guess not, though, right? Because she's a Democrat. And the danger of the journey that she's discussing is real, for sure. It's strange that it took them so long to notice that. I mean, I know this is a quantitative analysis, 
But there's an estimated 70 to 80 percent of the women who make that trip who are raped on the trip. Happens to children too. bring all these children to our country and then they're flown off with people all over the place. No one knows where they're where they're going because no one tracks it. And Joe Biden also made sure that the FBI doesn't actually have to do background checks on the people taking those children any longer. So that's reassuring. But she's right. Do not come. Imagine how much better the world would be if they had never proposed that in the first place. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with those people whatsoever. There's something wrong with this policy and there's something wrong with not protecting our borders. We're talking about half a million new people just flooding into the U.S. in the last four and a half months. I think that's roughly where the number is. Imagine half a million soldiers from foreign nations came into the U.S. Would that be a threat? Well, why would that be a threat? Just because of the guns? Or would it be a threat beyond the guns? Let's say they had no guns. But they were clearly more interested in just taking America's resources harming its economy for their own personal benefit. And they were told and invited by Americans. Would anyone be comfortable with that? Of course not. And I'm, again, not saying that all these people coming over the border are bad. I'm sure that the majority are lovely and they are just desperate for a better life. Otherwise, why would they endure that trip? All the same, they're not being checked. And we know we have drug runners and human traffickers and child traffickers and people who have been convicted for sexual assault and murder. We have all those people also coming in and they're not being stopped for the most part. So they're creating added danger here. Even if it's 1%. Of the 500,000 people, even if 99% are lovely people trying to come here for a better life and 1% are bad guys. Well, that's 5,000 new bad guys in the country. That sounds like they could probably create a lot of problems. Would it be okay to have 5,000 foreign soldiers on our land? Who would be comfortable with that? But Kamala's day actually got worse. Somehow this woman is so fake and so stupid and such an utter phony. I seriously have known so many people that are so much like her in Hollywood. All right. They're these degenerate, vapid losers who actually don't excel at anything except networking. And they use sex. They use social influence to keep going up and up and up. The one thing that they have is hustle. They will do absolutely anything to, to acquire more power and more affection and more attention. And that's exactly who Kamala Harris is. And she's always been this person. We know how she got into politics. And it wasn't by convincing people of her good ideas. But listen to this. Just quickly put a button. Okay. Do you have any plans? 
to visit the border. I, at some point, you know, I, we are going to the border. We've been to the border. So you, this whole, this whole, this whole thing about the border. We've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. I, and I haven't been to Europe. And I, I mean, I don't, I don't understand the point that you're making. I'm not discounting the importance of the border. Well, I, I mentioned it because I, even I, I know Republicans have certainly come at you on this, but Democratic Congressman Cuellar as a border district has said to the, you and the president, come, you need, I care you need to see about, this. Listen, I care about what's happening at the border. Got that? She tried to turn the whole thing into a joke. We've been to the border, just completely lying. We've been to the border. We've been to the border. And she's trying to make people believe that she means the royal we. Like representatives of the administration have been to the border. Or we have people down there at the border. She's trying to slide that one by. I'm actually amazed that she even got that question when he followed up and said, yeah, but you haven't been to the border. That's the real point. She has not been to the border. Joe Biden has not been to the border. It doesn't matter if they have their little operatives down there. Those operatives down there are making the situation worse. And we know they're making the situation worse because the situation is designed to be bad. It creates a crisis intentionally. And now they're trying to send $4 billion down to those Northern Triangle countries to help them deal with the climate change that is causing the problem. AKA, hey, everybody, look how fucking dumb you are that you believe me. They might as well just say that to your commie faces at this point. How do you believe anything these people say? These people are lying directly to you. And the only reason you don't see it as a lie is because you think that you must defend them. Why? You are giving away your own moral value by defending these people. Don't you understand that, commies? Like, honestly, you are defending the worst things in all of human history right now. And I am not exaggerating. On countless levels, this is true. And you still defend them. You are right now defending a man who you know is proven to have lied about the origins of a pandemic and then spent the last 18 months covering it up, complicit with all of the people that you support. They just lied to the entire world about a world-changing situation, and they continue to lie about it. There is nothing they won't lie about it. They have caused more devastation than any regime in history. In history. And I'm talking about the globalists, the global communism agenda, the Communist Party of China, and the Democrat Communist Party. All right? There are other elements around the world, fine. But I'm not talking about just simply Joe and Kamala's fake adventure. It's genuinely disturbing to me that so many people now have this idea where we must 
present ourselves as moral relativists in all situations, even the ones about which we should be able to have absolute moral clarity. Okay? Someone lying to your face and trying to deceive you is not something you have to defend. There doesn't need to be a higher justification for why Kamala Harris might say that thing, especially when the higher justification is nothing more than you think you might give away political power to the enemy by telling the truth. If that's the case, then your truth is bad. Okay. If you can't tell the people the truth because the people won't support you, then you don't deserve the people's support. This shouldn't be hard. And then she says, well, I haven't been to Europe either. Yeah. Well, the humanitarian crisis you helped create in Europe was done with your European counterparts and it isn't on U.S. soil. What's happening at the border is a humanitarian crisis on our soil. Your policies aren't putting kids in cages in Europe. Well, (laughs) not directly, at least. It's happening at the border. That's why people want you to go there. So you have to witness it with your own eyes so that you actually have to own the results of your policies. That's why they want you to go down there. Nobody cares if you go to Europe, Kamala. But let's check in with the king of racism. The Obamas left the White House. It was a moment the former president describes as bittersweet in his book. Hello, everybody. Partly because they were leaving and partly because of what he thought might happen to the country. You write about Sarah Palin, about her brief ascendancy, and you talk about dark spirits that had long been lurking on the edges of the Republican Party coming center stage. Did you ever think it would get this dark? No. I I, I thought that there were enough guardrails institutionally um, that even after Trump was elected, uh, that you would have uh, the so-called Republican establishment who would say, okay, you know, it's a problem if um, the White House isn't, doesn't seem to be concerned about Russian meddling, uh, or <laughs> it's a problem if um, we have uh, a, a president who's saying that, you know, neo-Nazis marching in Charlottesville, they're good people on both sides. You know, that that's a little bit beyond the pale. Okay, so... Sarah Palin unleashed dark demons on the American population, according to Barack Obama, who's not a conspiracy theorist. But he thought there would be enough guardrails. He thought that the deep state would be able to control Trump enough so that Obama's plans didn't get messed up. And that's the real backdrop of all of this. Okay? It's not about America slipping into racism. Obviously. It's about the singular project that these people were embarked on. 
and that being disrupted. That's why they're all going insane. And that's why they're so worried about election fraud coming out. But somehow Trump was in there and didn't care about Russian meddling. Yeah, that's the biggest problem is Russian meddling. Now, you didn't prove that the Russians are meddling. And you certainly didn't prove that Trump had anything to do with it. In fact, the exact opposite is true. All of that was a 100% hoax. And this is on the record stuff released in actual public documents that you could just read yourself if you wanted to. And you could find out where all of this comes from. And in fact, it's Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, Joe Biden, John Brennan, the FBI. We know where it came from. It's all on the record. Not that any communist actually has read this stuff or knows any of this because the media dutifully told them that it was the exact opposite of reality. But then again, Trump also said that neo-Nazis were very fine people, according to Barack Hussein Obama. And for the communists out there, Barack Obama gets referred to by his middle name for a reason, and it's got nothing to do with his race. It's got to do with the fact that he's actually a bad guy. And I'm sorry you haven't all woken up to that fact yet, but you're going to at some point. And you will be shocked because you had no reason in your mind to have ever questioned that very nice, polite black man on TV that makes you feel so good. And he's friends with Jay-Z. But there's kind of a big problem with what Barack Obama just said. And the problem is that it isn't true at all. But you also had people that were very fine people on both sides. You had people in that group, excuse me, excuse me. I saw the same pictures as you did. You had people in that group that were there to protest the taking down of, to them, a very, very important statue and the renaming of a park from Robert E. Lee to another name. George Washington was a slave owner. Was George Washington a slave owner? So will George Washington now lose his status? Are we going to take down, excuse me, are we going to take down, are we going to take down statues to George Washington? How about Thomas Jefferson? What do you think of Thomas Jefferson? You like him? Okay, good. Are we going to take down the statue? Because he was a major slave owner. Now we're going to take down his statue. So you know what? It's fine. You're changing history. You're changing culture. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. But you had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis and white nationalists, okay? And the press has treated them absolutely unfairly. Now, in the other group also, you had some fine people, but you also had troublemakers, and you see them come with the, with the black outfits and with the helmets and with the baseball bats. You got a, you had a lot of bad you had a lot of bad people in the other group too. Well, I'm sorry, I just didn't understand what you were saying. You were saying the press has treated white nationalists unfairly. No, I just didn't understand what you were saying. No. There were people in that rally, and I looked the night before. If you look, there were people protesting very quietly the taking down of the statue of Robert E. Lee. 
I'm sure in that group there were some bad ones. The following day, it looked like they had some rough, bad people, neo-Nazis, uh, white nationalists, whatever you want to call them. But you had a lot of people in that group that were there to innocently protest and very legally protest because, you know, I don't know if you know, they had a permit. The other group didn't have a permit. So I only tell you this. There are two sides to a story. I thought what took place was a horrible moment for our country, a horrible moment. But there are two sides to the country. So as everyone with a fully functioning adult sized brain knows. Donald Trump in the context in that speech, in the same segment of that answer, Donald Trump specifically condemned neo-Nazis and white nationalists. And this still comes up over and over again for one reason. And that's that people exploit that tiny soundbite taken out of context to gain power. Now, maybe I'm not as smart as the wokes in college, but it seems to me like exploiting racial division based on lies to gain power for your side is racism. That is quite literally how racist power structures are held up. Exploitation based on lies. It's time we see this stuff for what it is. And what it is, is obviously racist, no matter who says it. Including, and especially, Barack Hussein Obama. Um, and the degree to which uh, we did not see that Republican establishment say, hold on, time out, that's not acceptable, that's not who we are, but rather be cowed into accepting it, and then finally culminating in uh, January 6th, where what originally was, oh, don't worry, uh, this isn't going anywhere, we're just letting Trump and others vent, and then suddenly you now have large portions of an elected Congress going along with uh, the falsehood that uh, there were problems with the election. I- and, and the leadership of the GOP briefly for a, you know, one night when they still had this sort of yes. scent of fear in them, yeah. you know, going against the president. And then poof, suddenly everybody was back in line. Now, what that, the reason for that is because the base believed it. The base believed it because this had been told to them not just by the president, but by the media that they watch. And nobody stood up and said, stop. This is enough. Okay, let's try to understand how Barack Obama believes people's brains work. He takes it as a given that it's true that the election was not fraudulent. Obviously, he knows that's false because he himself was involved in defrauding the election. And he has been for many years. This goes back to 2012 and potentially before. Obama is intimately involved in the election fraud. Okay? 
The idea that election fraud is widespread and decides our elections is not new information to Barack Obama. Okay, he knows about all of it. He's just lying. And he expects the communists to be happy to agree that this sort of thing has never happened before. And that's why no one has ever claimed it, except people have claimed it. And they're all in his party. They have no problem talking about election fraud as long as it's not about the 2020 election. They're already saying that the 2024 election is going to be rigged by Republicans keeping the same laws in place that they have now. Keeping the laws we have now is rigging the 2024 election, according to communist Max Boot. I think it was Max Boot who wrote it. One of those morons. But the election fraud is not about taking the facts of the world as inputs that then generate the idea oh yeah, this election was definitely a total fraud. Like anybody can see that based on all of this evidence. That's not what happened. What happened is that Trump claimed it's a fraud and then the base believed it's a fraud because everybody believes Trump. Whatever Trump says, everybody believes it. No one thinks for themselves. And then because the base believed it, now the Republican Congress believes it. And not only that, the Republican legislatures in multiple states also believe it, all because the base believes it, because Trump said it. And all of this, all of these claims are absolutely baseless. There's no evidence. Trump just said a random thing. The base believed it. Now congressmen believe it. Now more congressmen believe it. Now more of the American public believes it. And it's all because Trump can't leave the White House. He's, his ego just can't deal with it. There's no facts underlying any of it. But the country believes it more and more and more and more every day just because Trump says it. Yeah, sure, buddy. This is not true. I won't say nobody. Let me correct it. There were some very brave people who did their jobs, like the Secretary of State in Georgia, who was then viciously attacked for it. And all those congressmen started looking around and they said, you know what, I'll lose my job. I'll, I'll get voted out of office. Another way of saying this is I didn't expect that there would be so few people who would say, well, I don't mind losing my office. Because this is too important. America's too important. Some things are more important than... Germany. Our democracy's too important. We didn't see that. Okay, so it seems like Obama has a problem with the idea that people want to stay in office even as he is attempting to conduct a third term of his administration. And I say that at the beginning of every episode because it's really obviously true. But if you need more support for that idea, a week ago, Obama told the New York Times that Joe Biden is in office finishing the job of Barack Obama's administration. He said that 90% of his former staffers, quote, are continuing and building on the policies we talked about, whether it's the Affordable Care Act 
or our climate change agenda and the Paris climate deal. I think that what we're seeing now is Joe and the administration are essentially finishing the job. That's Barack Obama saying that Joe Biden's fake administration is really just Obama finishing the job. Obama said in an interview once what he would really love is to be down in the basement with an earpiece telling Joe Biden what to do. He said it in an interview. I'm not making it up. You can watch it on video. That's madness. And he's talking about people being unwilling to give up power. And communists have this trait where they are consistently able to recognize the, these characteristics in others. And maybe it's time to think, hey, maybe that's because this is what they actually think about themselves. <laughs> it couldn't be more obvious. And Republicans who are challenging the election fraud, or I should say challenging the fraudulent election, are not doing so simply to keep their job. Although he's right, they will not keep their jobs. They're doing it because that's where all the evidence is. And the truth is that the election was a fraud. It comes out more and more and more every day, which is why people like Barack Obama are so panicked. And I was talking yesterday about how the left is trying to say that Donald Trump is somehow deteriorating and their evidence is the speech from Saturday. But listen to Obama's voice. Now, uh, I, I, you know, I'm still the hope and change guy. And so my hope is, is that uh, the tides will turn. Um, but that does require each of us to, um, to, to understand that this, this experiment in democracy is not uh, uh, self-executing. It, it doesn't happen just automatically. It happens because each successive generation says these values, these truths, we hold self-evident. This is important. We're going to invest in it and sacrifice for it, and we'll stand up for it, even when it's not politically convenient. So there it is. Barack Obama, keeper of the American flame. If only we could return to a time of honesty and unity, he says, as he lies throughout the entire interview. This stuff is genuinely deranged and it's so divisive like this is Barack Obama's legacy by the way divisiveness in American politics exploitation of race and gender and of course Barack Obama didn't invent these tactics Barack Obama is well studied in the ways of Saul Alinsky Barack Obama is well studied in the ways of communist organizing that's not a joke it's not a rumor it's not a conspiracy theory it's a fact. This is who Barack Obama is. This is who the people around him are. We need to stop denying what this is, okay? Right there, we have three black liberals lying about race, grouping people by race, exploiting race. That's racist. <laughs> 
The Democrat Communist Party is a hate movement. All communist parties are hate movements. All movements built up around division by identity characteristics are hate movements. This is what they do. They can pretend that they're extracting all the characteristics. Now it's just this abstraction. Like a platonic form out there. There's just whiteness that exists without the, the skin color. This is the world they have brought us into. Okay? This is a thoroughly diseased way of thinking. And it's incredibly destructive. And we all know that and understand that. But for as long as the Democrat Communist Party holds the amount of power they hold now and the sway they hold over media and corporate America, etc., we're going to get more of this. But the purpose is to recognize it and put it in people's faces. And I don't mean aggressively. Just like, hey, did you watch this Mara Gay interview on Morning Joe? Does this seem like an appropriate start to your morning? At some point, even like these diehard commies need to wake up and see what this is. And I'm very confident that we are going to head all this off and make this another sad chapter in history and fully reject communism again every time it rises up somewhere. But we got to stop lying about what this is and we got to stop being afraid to say it. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. And these people lied to the world about a pandemic. And Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting, or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parler at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack 
I'm your moderator.substack.com where you can donate or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Backing as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!